Hey guys, welcome back to the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. This week, Adrian, we're going to do something special. We're going to bring a recent skills workshop that you and I both hosted that we send out to the entire McGraw network on a weekly basis. Now, listeners, you're going to get this pretty much every fortnight, but what it is is tapping into the skills and challenges and objectives and traits that you need to use out in the field to make your business grow. Adrian, why did we do this and why is it so important in the field right now? It goes to my love, uh, Troy, which is that paradigm between motivational and practitioner work. So I always made a commitment if I ever coached or trained agents that I could share dialogue and strategies and systems and checklists that they can implement into their business the same day or the next day and move the needle with listings and sales because that is our KPI and that's what we're measured on. And I like to have my agents achieve immediate results from the work that we do. Hey, listeners, if you like this, rate it five stars, send us a review, send us questions, because we want to make sure that it's relevant for you every single week. Enjoy the episode. Well, guys, welcome back, Adrian. Episode number 13 of the Skills Workshop, and good morning for a Friday, Adrian. And also, to wrap up the trifecta, happy end of financial year. Can you believe it? We're right at the end of FY18, just on the change. Where did H2 go for FY18? That's the question I've been asking myself. Yeah. Uh, but we've had some phenomenal results around the network. We've yes. also had a lot of lessons and learnings in what you would say has been uh, one of the markets and one of the years that we've learned a lot about a normal market as opposed to a boom market. Yes. Uh, how are you? Very well. Very, Very well. well. Thanks for having us again. It's really exciting to be here and uh, certainly a uh, auspicious occasion leading up to that financial year so terrific way to draw the line in the sand or park the car on the hill whatever metaphor or you want to use but uh, certainly some exciting things happening for the brand across the network and in the new year yeah i mean special mention obviously the announcement came out about the aqualand investment into the business which i think is a reflection over everyone's effort over the previous 12 months and congratulations and welcome to that because that's such an incredibly important part of what we do also, Adrian, uh, just recently hot off the press, you would have seen the announcement from our CEO, Jeff Lucas, regarding the top 100 REB online, again, uh, for McGraw, where we yeah. featured as the number one brand and agency in the country with yes. 27 out of the top 100 uh, working for us. I'm absolutely so honoured to work for a company that has that kind of uh, high performance culture and to have 27 increase from 19 last year yes. is something that's just remarkable. Absolutely. Considering uh, the, the this roller coaster of real estate and, yes. and, and everything that we've seen in regards to interest rates and mm. clearance rates in most of the metropolitan markets yes. to see a number of our agents improve their performance, absolutely. I think again, is a testament to the culture, the training, the learning development. Absolutely. Well, look, a lot of agents, and especially the ones that have performed really well over the last 12 months, uh, they see this normal market as opposed to what we had as an abnormal market. They see it as the best environment to excel. Um, And that's the, the case because a lot of mediocre agents, which some of our competitors are, unfortunately, they'll, they've either only been exposed to an abnormal market yeah. uh, and therefore they know nothing else. And then as soon as a normal market occurs, then they've gone from being order takers to actually having to negotiate, having to list, having to prospect, which becomes hard. Um, or there really might even... Um, 
disappear from the industry altogether because yeah. it is a challenging industry where 20% of the people are literally earning 80% of the income and unless you're in that 20% club or unless you've got aspirations or the about ability or talent to get into that 20% club, it can be a very disheartening and challenging industry. So for us to have literally the largest concentration of the best talent in real estate in Australia, working under one brand with 95 offices and two and a half thousand people, it's incredible. And you know, for me especially, you know, I started 24 years ago with uh, six people in one office, including myself, John, and a couple of other people. And now to see it go to where it is today, uh, there's been a lot more ups and downs, but it's just been an incredible journey to, to witness and be exposed to and be a part of. Yeah, and on a personal note, congratulations as well. You're featured again this year, third year running, being featured in that top 100 list. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Yeah. The interesting thing, guys, if you're having conversations with potential recruits, especially at this time of year, and we're going yes. to get into a few things to focus on at the end of financial year, but especially if you're talking to potential recruits, uh, there was a number of media and marketing elements that went out from our head office and the marketing department, what better way to reignite a conversation, what better way to have a conversation about bringing on a, a new EBU team member Absolutely. or a colleague that maybe would be better for, uh, of coming into the brand and seeing one-on-one -on -one equals 11 yes. as opposed to working in competition. Uh, much rather work in collaboration in that regard. Yeah, definitely. And you'll find that uh, not only should the agent just want to work along like-minded people, but as you know, we, we uh, recently launched the 321 program, which there's obviously a lot of upside for that agent to introduce another team member, and there's gonna be some an annuity passive style of income for that agent, which is really a no-brainer. So I'd, I'd certainly use the recent announcement of Aqualand and the, the recent announcement of the REB Top 100 as touch points, talking points, uh, when you're talking to uh, possible recruits. Now, at the end of financial year, we have seen it's a great time to actually reflect on the previous financial year. A yes. lot of people measure their performance over a financial year. We've seen it a great time to actually stop, pause, mm. review, and preview what you would like to implement. Yes. Over your career, Adrian, mm. we started talking before we hit record on mm. this episode, and there was two or three key things that you mentioned that you would religiously do sure. every year with your team and also mm. by yourself to really say, right, what's worked well mm. and what can I do better given this line in the sand and the new part of the financial uh, aspect we're moving into? Sure. What can I do to get to that next level? Sure. Well, I think the end of the month, uh, in any month, is, is, is the end of a chapter or end of a vignette in your business. But the end of the financial year is like an amplified version of that. So, so what I'm going to share with you, I would do at the end of any month, but at the end of the financial year, it's obviously a lot more impactful, uh, especially given your numbers and, and, and just creating some urgency mm -hmm. for the agent and your team. So the first thing is, if you've got any current offer and acceptances that are pending, um, that are with solicitors waiting to exchange, like my rule and anyone that's worked with me knows that um, you know any offer and acceptance deserves a lot of your attention every day until that property is exchanged. So what I mean by that is you're either 
every day you're either calling the vendor solicitor, or you're either calling the buyer solicitor, you're either calling the mortgage broker, you're either calling the vendor, you're calling the buyer. So that sounds simple, but of, often we would act as couriers as well and just say, listen, I'll, I'll give the solicitor a call, I'll come and pick the contract out and we'll drop it over to the vendor solicitor or vice versa or call the buyer and say, hey, have you got your finance in place? Have you actually signed the contract yet? Call the vendor and say, have you actually been in to sign the contract? If not, I'll come and see you, get you to sign the contract, drop it back to the solicitor's office. So do whatever it takes, or even better still, uh, affect the exchange yourself um, with a 66W. Just make sure, obviously, you've got all the uh, requests and changes agreed to and adjusted and initialed, but just create that hyper-urgency. So for me, I don't let an offer and acceptance uh, issue go past on a daily basis unless I've touched one of those moving parts in some capacity. Mm. Um, so that's one. Yep. Um, the second one would be if you've got any past in stock or any private treaty stock, you really need to unpack those. And at the end, and the end of the month or end of the financial year is is, is a great uh, uh, opportunity to do that. So if some of them don't have a published price guide, that's insanity in my opinion. You know, yeah. I mean, they, but when buyers say they don't like auctions, that's not true. What they don't like is properties that don't have a published price guide. It's just that most auctions don't have a published price guide. Hopefully not with with our brand. Mm. Uh, I know personally, for me, hundred percent of all my auctions had a price guide. So if you're offering private treaty with no price, then that's just ten times worse, right? Because already buying real estate for a consumer is difficult. What we don't want to do as agents is create a, a, a more amplified labyrinth of, of, of difficulty and different layers of challenges. It's just completely unnecessary. Yeah. So it sounds simple, but hey, put a price on your private trees, put them on everything. But if you need to have 60 seconds of courage and have a discussion with your vendor and say, hey, I've had, and bring the web stats, REA and domain, and say, listen, we've had you know 8,000 web hits, we've had uh, 20 people through, um, the offers are only around 8,850, um, I know we're still looking at 900, like, it's impossible to argue with the market, given we've been showing it for six weeks, given that the marketing is outstanding, given the presentation is excellent, and given the buyers are the ones who are actually dictating market value, not you or I. So some obvious conversations, and a lot of them, frankly, a lot of the owners want to hear it. They really yeah. do want to hear it because a result for them is really important. Price is obviously important as well, but don't let your vendors get caught up in this price mental tug of war that they have with themselves. Go back to their original motivation. Was it to move to Queensland? Was it to downsize? Was it to free up some money? Was it to um, you know send their kids to university? Whatever that original motivation was, tap into that yep. because unfortunately vendors the process in their head evolves to a point where it all comes down to, to, to a figure or a negotiation or a price, where really it's got nothing to do with that. Yeah. If they can achieve a million dollar changeover and go from one, you know, go from two and a half to one and a half, um, and that was their initial motivation, well then show them a lot of properties at one and a half and say, sure, it might have been two seven and one seven a year ago, but the million dollar changeover range has not changed. You know, so they're the sort of practical, pragmatic, professional, mature conversations you need to have. Two things I got from that. Guys, take the emotion out of the conversation with your vendor. You're not the purchaser. They are not the purchaser of their own property. Use the data and the information at our disposal, REA, Domain, McGrath Stats, 
inspections, contract takers, mm -hmm. to really understand where the property is positioned. Yes. Adrian, those two things are really important to do in the run up to the end of financial year. Yep. A couple of things that I have observed with working with a number of teams throughout the group, mm -hmm. um, the end of financial year is actually a really good time to ask yourself three questions. Yes. What works really well? So what am I reviewing? What am I going to start doing next financial year? Because there is that a, a hurdle that you do come over at yes. this time of year. Mm -hmm. And then what am I going to stop doing? What's been ineffective for me over mm -hmm. the course of the last 12 months that I can actually just say, you know what, I'm not going to go down that path again. Yes. And a lot of the time, and the guys that I've been working with throughout the group are focused on marketing. Yep. team structure yes. and then GCI targets sure. and if you haven't got a thought in your mind about where you want to be this time next year in regards to GCI it's the metric that we measure start writing that down what does that look like and then when you get to that final figure reverse engineer it what does that look like from an activities point of view? Prospecting, lead generation, number of listings, number of sales. If we sell 80% of the stock we get, uh, given the circumstances of the individual owners, we need to start having a really sophisticated approach or a scientific approach to how we're going to get to that level in 12 months' time. Sure. Now, the nice thing is, guys, that we do have the three-step plan that's located on the intranet where you can download and actually go through the process of review, start, stop, and GCI targets. If you haven't gone through that process, Process or we're at that period of time and you haven't done it yet for the next financial year, what better time to start now? Uh, takes ultimately an hour to get through the process, but it really gives you a clear understanding of how you've performed and where you want to be in that 12-month period. Adrian, a couple of other things that I noticed um, from around the grounds uh, is that we've seen auction clearance rates continue to be stable over the past month. Sure. Um, the dialogue with buyers that are now actively looking in the market, but not at auction, right? So they're leading up to an auction campaign. What's the best strategy to keep them excited, engaged, to actually get them to pre-register, register, and then fulfill the commitment and bid at auction? Sure, sure. Well, I think the important thing is buyer retention. So, you know, the stats do prove that even though it's a four-week campaign, we're finding that about 60% of the buyers that end up being successful or at auction are usually identified within the first 10 days of the campaign so given given the uh, the amount of stock that seems to be on the market which is a little bit more than than, than normal and given clearance rates are a little bit lower uh, in some areas I think if you do manage to identify that buyer in the first 10 days retentions vital so what does that look like um, assuming we're going all the way to auction what it looks like is is vendor like service to your hot buyers on your property. So what I mean by that is with your vendors, you're speaking to them every day, you're meeting them with them once a week, and you're giving them a weekly update email, okay? So I would adopt that same philosophy with you. I mean, it's not like you're gonna have 12 buyers no. on your auction, you're gonna have three, four. Uh, so adopt vendor-like communication, vendor-like service to those three or four buyers. So. Talk, call them every day, meet with them once a week, send them a weekly update. Yeah, right. um, so if you're providing that type of service and you're building that type of rapport, mm. uh, and even if they say, well, they've seen another property, great, go and see it with them. Yeah. Do the comparables. If, if, if you genuinely feel that that property suits them better, well, maybe you can tell them that. I think honesty, authenticity is, is, is vital. So that's the first thing I, I would do. Um, secondly, if there is an opportunity for a deal to be done prior to auction and you've got one standout buyer and you've got a motivated vendor who's quite commercial and pragmatic and, and sees the auction as a process, not an event, 
then I, I, I think you need to have almost like a sixth sense in this market. It was different in an abnormal market or a boom market, as some people call it, where you'd issue six contracts, you know all six people would turn up, you'd have a price guide of 850 and therefore you'd report back to the owner and say, without even asking the buyers, um, that you know we have, we've got six buyers at 900,000, yeah. only because that was, the, that was the metric that a lot of agents sort of used to adopt. But that, that, those days are over. Okay, so you almost have to have a sixth sense around that, and and only last night Nick Wise and myself sold a property pre-auction, which was due to go uh, tomorrow, being being Saturday, um, and there really was two buyers that had made changes to the contract, only two buyers that were committed, and we sat down with the owner. One of them had a uh, signed contract, an unconditional offer of eight eighty five. We called the uh, other buyer in front of the owner on the phone and advise them that there was an offer around that sort of price, and uh, does that count you in or out? And the buyer said, that's gonna count us out. And that was on speakerphone to the owner. Yeah. So it was a very easy decision for the owner to make to accept that offer, and they signed the contract and it exchanged, and it was it was above their expectations. So, that sixth sense is really important. It would have been very easy to say, okay, well, let's just go to auction. And that buyer, frankly, was probably about thirty dollars or $40,000 less. So it would have been a difficult gap to close. Uh, and we're all about, obviously, securing the best price for our clients. Perfect. As we wrap up, guys, just one final mention again. Congratulations to absolutely everyone on their achievements in FY18, in particular those agents that were recognised by Real Estate Business Online for achieving the top 100 status. 27, the number one agency in the country for, I think, the fourth year running, to be honest. Yeah. That's the fourth consecutive year that we have been more than double our competition in that metric and algorithm of success. Guys, we're extremely happy and satisfied. Episode 13 is done. Adrian, next week we're yeah. going to record an episode where we're going to talk about three hacks that you can implement into your business that cost you absolutely nothing, but get the momentum and the wheels and the awareness of your brand out into the marketplace really fast. Adrian, thanks again. Um, guys, send us some questions as well. We're yeah. still waiting. We've got through a backlog. Yeah. We're up to date almost. Start sending some questions again. Troy Malcolm at McGrath.com.au. Adrian Bow at McGrath.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you all again next week. Cheers.